You are listening to Last Call for Alcohol. This is a platform for those who have or have had an alcohol dependency. Discussions and interviews about overcoming alcohol, anxieties, depression, low self-esteem, and much, much more. We will touch on how these things have affected relationships, family, and the way we deal with our everyday life. And that's not all. You'll also get tips on how to deal with the many adversities that we face. And here's your host, Tanisha Williams. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Last Call for Alcohol. It has been a little while since I've been on with you guys. I've been working on a couple different projects and also having a regular job and trying to get through my own personal life, (laughs) you know, so been a little bit. So, but I'm here with you guys now and I missed you guys. And we're going to go ahead and start talking about grieving today. Grieving has so many different angles and we usually associate grieving with the death of a loved one. Today, I'm going to go through a couple of experiences I've had with grieving and different ways I manage my feelings. And some ways you can do the same. We all know that when someone we care about passes away, we go through a grieving process. But what about the amount of people grieving through losses such as a divorce, job loss, or abuse? Now, I'm not discrediting grieving when someone dies, but I want people to understand that grieving comes in many forms. My first experience that I can remember was coming to terms with being molested. As a child, I was molested by a so-called family member and also a friend of the babysitter. One was a man and the other was a female. I was around five or six years old. I had blocked it out as I began to get older over the years until I was at my godmother's house and a guy that was on the news was convicted of molesting his nieces. That guy was actually the guy that molested me. Now, I had never mentioned any abuse to my mother or stepfather because of fear. I was told things from the abuser that made me feel fearful to talk about it. So I was about 13 years old when I heard that he was still doing this to other little girls. And I just started to cry. My mother asked me why was I crying. And we left my godmother's house. And when we got in the cab, I told my mom the story of how this person would come visit the babysitter and assist in helping with the kids, which she had two of her own and other children that she would watch as well. And when it came time for me to go home, he would always volunteer to take me upstairs or sometimes the babysitter would be busy and ask him to bring me home. On the way home, he would always bring me to the rooftop so that we could be alone. And that is where the molestation began. And that is where it continued for a while as well. Now, as I think back, it's like he was well-liked by all of the kids in the neighborhood, all the kids that my babysitter had watched. Um, He would buy ice cream, candy, play with the children. And it just seemed so odd that no one acted different around him. And I know now that that was all set up and buying all this candy and treating kids and doing this and doing that, just like a cover-up for what was really in his heart. I did question of, you know, why did he choose me to do that to, or what was it about myself that put off whatever it was to make him feel I was the one? Of course, that was weird to think like that. But as I got older, I was just looking for answers on why other children said that he had never did anything to them. Because actually, my mom went to one of my other babysitters that became my babysitter later on, and she had children 
that this other lady was watching at one point. And her kids said, no, this person never did anything to me. Never. You know, I was always comfortable and, you know, everything was fine. So it made me wonder a little bit. But overall, we all know, of course, it was wrong. And so I never dealt with those emotions with being sexually abused until then. It was like someone snapped a finger and boom, my memory came back. Now, this was traumatic for me and my mother because not only did I have to explain to her the details of what happened, but I also had to assure her that she was not to blame. So her and I went through a grieving period together. Those emotions that were obviously tucked away somewhere had finally started coming out and I didn't know how to deal with them. So if you guys have been listening to my podcast, remember I was 13 years old when the drinking started. Even though I wanted to feel accepted and enjoy things like I saw others doing when they drank, I was also grieving in some form or fashion. I cried sometimes because my mother would cry, and I felt so much guilt inside as if I destroyed her in some way. Back then, she felt guilty as well, because not only did it happen once to me by a man, it also happened by a so-called family member as well, which was a female. And so I was able to express different things to my mom during this time. And the experience with the female was actually at another family member's home. And it was just a secluded area where we were in a bedroom and the person lured me in the bedroom, acting as if they wanted to talk about something or show me something and took advantage of me there. I never said anything. I felt like this was a family member. And at that time, I had already been being abused by someone else. And I wasn't sure if this was just something that I was to keep secret or if this is what happens to children. When you're five and six years old, you are not developed mentally to understand these types of actions from people. And as an adult, I still don't understand it. So, you know, I did regret a lot. I regretted not telling my mom a lot as I gotten older because I knew that she had talked to me previously when I was a little kid. She always talked to me and said, if someone touches you here, that is bad. Talk to me. You know, I love you. You will not get in trouble. Don't believe things that they say. Make sure you tell an adult right away. I will be here for you. All these things my mother would tell me as a young little girl. She would ask me things when I came home. Did anyone do anything to you? You know, maybe I showed some kind of something. I don't know, but there were times my mom would ask me questions and I would deny it. I regretted that so much, you know, during my teen years as I was getting older, because I really feel like if I had told her, things would have been different with me mentally and emotionally behind all of it. I may have struggled with some things, but I feel like having her get through it with me when I was a young child, the outcome would have been different for me a little bit. I don't understand why sometimes children, well, I'll say myself, I believed the person that was molesting me more than I believed my mom. And I don't know if I'm using the right word, believe, but I was fearful. So I was fearful of my mom getting hurt, my family getting hurt, myself getting in trouble, not having my family anymore. Things that I was told, they would be angry at me. They wouldn't believe me. So I felt like I was protecting everyone. And um, that obviously was not the case. Getting through and grieving through this took a very long time because I was angry. I was angry at the people. 
because I felt like I was lied to, I was deceived, I was tricked. And as you get older, you just want to tell them, you know, that you know that it was wrong and, you know, you want to do something and you almost can't, you feel helpless. So I went through a lot of anxiety. I was very, very angry, always defensive over something. I felt a lot of shame. You know, I felt like I've lost myself in some way. Also, the loss of your childhood innocence is it's hard when you get old and you realize what was taken away from you. One thing to really tell yourself when getting through this type of trauma and grief is that you were not at fault. You know, there was nothing that you could have done or should have done in that moment that would have prevented a person like that from doing what they were doing. Just don't ever take the blame for someone else's actions in that nature. So for me, growing up in the Bronx in the 80s, I didn't know a lot about kids and therapy. We had school counselors, and that was all I can remember. All I knew was, was kids were taken away from like their parents. If you go to a school counselor and you say something was wrong, that was the only information that I usually get when I used to be in school. And we thought of the school counselors and if something happened out of the norm, they would contact your parent. And you know, I just didn't feel comfortable talking to a school counselor. So other than that, as far as therapy, a lot of people in my neighborhood and where I grew up, it wasn't the norm to just talk about kids getting therapy. So that may have been one of the reasons why I started late. <laughs> so just know that there are a lot of adults that are still grieving and still taking out certain anger on the wrong people because they haven't gotten through their childhood traumas and they hadn't gotten the help that they needed as a child to deal with certain issues. I didn't fully understand what was happening to me while trying to deal with it. So I just continued to drink as I did when I wanted to drown myself out of the hurt and the thoughts. And me and my mother, we didn't discuss it much after a while, but as I got older, it began to come out more and more in anger. Sometimes we could be grieving and we don't even know it until that moment when you break down about the actual situation. I know someone personally who's grieving and when they drink, this person always starts to abuse the closest people to them. But until they recognize that there is an underlying issue without feeling ashamed or judged for having emotions, they will not be able to begin grieving in a healthier way. Now, it isn't that easy to grieve in healthy ways because when you are really in the thick of all that pain and confusion, you just want the easiest way out or whatever it is. As Maya Angelou would say, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. One thing to remember is not to compare your grief with anyone else's. For instance, there are so many people experiencing grief right now with the loss of their jobs, family, and social life due to COVID-19. Depressed because their finances have changed and they're unsure of what's going to come next. And unsure times have unsure outcomes with worry. But there are some people who bounce back a bit quicker than others who are actually doing okay during this time without work or have been able to get another job. Comparing our grief and situations with others is not suggested because everyone's circumstances and nature of their loss is different. 
Some of our children are grieving without friendships being as physical as they once were just months ago. Some are also depressed, depressed about not being in school. In fact, not being in school can bring on other triggers um, and other emotions because there's so much more time to focus on things within the home. Then you have children with larger and busier families that may not experience the same type of feelings or hardships. And that's why it's so important to check on the people that you love, the people that you are close to or have been close to in the past, the people that you care about, the people that cross your mind sometimes. There's a reason for that. You know, maybe it's time to check on them and see how they're doing. During this time and also any other time, you know, we tend to post pictures of us doing well, post pictures of our homes and our new things that we have and amazing photos that we try to post to put on this persona that we're doing great. And that's fine. But also, there are people out there suffering. There are people out there that aren't doing well. And I know for me, I post pictures sometimes and I can be feeling horrible that day, you know, and I still post a picture of me smiling and I'm trying to motivate other people. But deep down inside, there are times when I need someone to check on me and I'm guilty of it as well, where I don't check on people as much as I probably should. You know, we don't realize that our lives could be taken away in a split second of the people that we love, of the people that we say we cherish and we love them and they're our families and they're our blood and you know, even our friends, we don't realize how quick something can change. And when it does change, that's when we recognize how great of a person they were, how many talents they had and what they've done. But we have to recognize those things while they're here and let them know that they're thought of, that they're loved as well. So keep this in mind the next time someone crosses your mind. There's always a reason for everything. So don't ignore that. Pick up the phone, give someone a call, you know, let them know that you're thinking of them or they crossed your mind the other day or whatever the case may be. But pick up the phone. We have to start picking up our phone and dialing out and hearing other people's voices. I can go a whole day and not be on my phone, but I'll stay on social media and be on Facebook, Instagram, conversing with people that way. But it's so much, it's a different, different reward when you speak to someone and have a decent conversation. You know, it just brings emotions and feelings about and you can, you can relate to people differently that way. So just keep that in mind the next time somebody crosses your mind and maybe it's time to give that person a call. Navigating through grief takes work and it may mean doing things you're unfamiliar or uncomfortable with, such as actually feeling your feelings, but it's worth it. Acknowledge your feelings because without this part, you can't pinpoint the actual cause of the pain and how to start the healing process. Grief is different per situation, but if one has not dealt with any of it, the painful experiences will fester inside like a sore that becomes infected and you just keep on picking and rubbing it without the proper care and it becomes inflamed and infected. That's what I did in the past. I had all these different things that were not dealt with and they continued to affect me more and more because I was not giving those issues the proper attention that was required to understanding how to deal with the grief of it all. 
especially as I noticed people around me that were just happy, like they had no issues. I was mad. (laughs) Why couldn't I just be like those people? But now I understand that not everyone who smiles is happy. Not everyone who is wealthy is healthy or not suffering. You just never know what someone else's story may be. There was actually a death in my family which caused me a great deal of grief. My cousin died, who was like a brother to me back in 96 or 97. I just can't think of it right now. But I took that very, very hard. There was so much anger because of secrets between friends he had and trying to understand and figure out how a person could be so humbled, smart, and respectful could die in a blink of an eye with so many who had loved him. It was ruled a suicide, but for me, I saw differently. With us not being able to continue to grow together and continue our little fights we used to have like siblings, it stuck with me for a long time because I never got to say goodbye. I didn't get to talk with him one last time or tell him how much I loved him and admired him as well. I fought myself a lot internally with blame and guilt because I was not there the way I thought I should have been. But in reality, we can almost never prepare for death. And until this day, I miss him dearly. You never forget someone who has died that was close to you. But the way you deal with the pain becomes easier with time. I had to find a way to cope. And of course, I used drinking and also self-harm as well as a way to escape pain. But I kept my emotions known and I acknowledged them. The way that I was able to begin to cope and deal with his death was through prayer and through speaking to my cousin as if he was still here. Not in a crazy type of way either, but the same way I pray openly, I spoke openly to him because I believed his spirit was still amongst my family. I would say things like, I love you and I know you're watching over the family. And I even cried out sometimes to him. And then there were days me and my family would just get together and laugh and remember some of the silly things he would do. And that was just part of my own self-therapy. Everyone's belief system is different. But for me, it allowed me to get certain things out as well as keeping his memory alive in a positive way without feeling so overwhelmed. I also had to get rid of the guilt that I felt and the anger. And that took work because I had so many unanswered questions and things I wish I could have said to him. One thing to remember about someone's death is that we are not in control, nor are we at fault. And it's never easy to get through or to accept. But you have to understand that it's not your weight to carry someone's death 100% on your back. Because what it does to you, it continues to break you down, you continue to feel guilty. And that same person that you loved already knows that you love them as well. So in coping with death, it just takes time. There's no cure for grief. It's just time. Time will heal. Time will help. Time will open 
your eyes and your heart in a different way. I believe in prayer. Many people do not, and that's fine as well. But whatever you believe in, believe in that and use that as a positive method to get through. Because your peace is waiting for you. All you have to do is claim it. So guys, that is all I have for you today. That is all I can ditch out. (laughs) But I appreciate you guys for listening and tuning in. Every time I do a podcast, I'm so thankful and grateful to have the opportunity to speak about my experiences. I hope that I am able to touch many people out there and hopefully change someone's life or change their perception about certain things. I can be followed on Instagram at Last Call for Alcohol Podcast. And I wish you guys nothing, nothing but the best. And just remember that grief comes from many different forms. But no matter where it comes from, it is hard and it takes strength to get through. But you got to just grab a hold of life and let it pull you through and pull you forward. You'll get through it. So I want you guys to continue to be you, do you, because can't nobody do it quite like you. Until next time, be blessed.